someone say something? Confirm hello. that I can hear people. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Kyle, you muted Hallie. I did, and she it's did not, not unmute her herself. I will unmute. No, no, we pressed the button at the same time. I unmuted her at the same time she muted. I asked you if I should unmute <laughs> myself. Well, I couldn't hear you because you were muted. <laughs> That's why we have the chat. Why are you muted again? Why are you muted again? <laughs> I don't know because I, it told me I was muted. So I pressed unmute, but it tricked me. And then I just muted myself Oh, wow. Again. Someone point out with all the time and effort it that I like, spent, Hallie and Emily know. are still switched around. All right, give me just, a, let me just, let me just take a hot sec and fix this. That's fine. I mean, some people confuse their voices, right? So it's <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Um, have similar voices. But it for, does not matter for, which one of us is where for this podcast. For context, when we begin, um, yeah, every recording, every single one, or at least half of them, I'll start, because the way we set it up, we, um, <laughs> we do this thing where... I will, uh, what will I, oh yeah, I'll ask everyone, are you recording? Because we have this like baseline Zoom recording we do. And then I line up everybody saying I am recording with like the file that has everybody in it for timing wise. And half of the time I'll be like, Hallie, are you recording? Silence. Hallie, are you recording? I said yes. Because I did. You just didn't hear me because I was muted. But but it's always on my recording, me going yes, and then me getting mad the second time. The best part about this is that in the, like, coming up to this, everyone needs to be muted because otherwise you would hear them alongside the song. And at one point, I could tell Hallie was gearing up to say something, and I had to quickly rush up and press mute on her Zoom because you were muted. I have never done the thing you wanted me to do when you asked <laughs> me to do it. Not once. Okay, um, well, hello, welcome to our three-year anniversary, because three years ago, we had a, we released an episode with very little editing, bad audio, a microphone that was turned around, because I didn't know you could do that. I but, recorded my audio in a video file, that was how bad it was. I consider, I've, I've considered multiple times going back to, like, re-fix uh, that, um, audio, and then I remember that Tom's was in a video file and I get mad and give up on principle. Kent, it feels like just last year it was a two-year anniversary. Uh, Junipau, that's how time works, Kent. The older you get, the more relatively short a year is and the faster you yeah. move to your inevitable demise. Welcome to Quest, mm -hmm. friends. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a Q&A. We've got a bunch of questions um, that we're gonna go over. I'm gonna try to take a look at the at the chat while we go because I don't. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else have the stream up? I do. I do. No, but I can. I'm, I'm watching the chat. All right, so Tom's watching the chat. Uh, anyone else can, but the uh, most part is I'm gonna be going through questions that people have asked, uh, presenting it to the team, and then afterwards. Uh, if anyone has anything in the chat that is a question, I will try to take a look at it. But again, I'm gonna have difficult, uh, some difficulty just keeping up sometimes, which is the first time it's happened. Also, hello, the Greater Vespari. <laughs> That's the username. I, I think the Greater Vespari, and potentially O5 Taylor are the first are two usernames that I have not recognized before. I saw the Greater Vespari when we were coming in. I saw that someone had followed under that name. And I got very mad in a good way. I like it, but I got mad. Um, anyways. I'm so pleased my memes have already infected this stream. Praise Malia. Oh, praise Malia. <laughs> okay, so um, what we're going to do is I've got a series of questions up here. We've got 
35, so we might not make it through them all. They uh, fall into eight categories. There are six that are, uh, I think, good for the beginning of the stream. There is a seventh which really focuses on campaign two, so I want to do that last. And then there's eight, which I call the late questions. These are the questions that appeared after 7.15 today. And I did not put in the system because I was playing Mario because it's a good game. So <laughs> what I'm going to do, which category do we vote on in the beauty portion? Um, I don't know, but I'm going to put Dimitri in my place as the beauty pageant for me. <laughs> So what we're going to do is, uh, for those first six categories, each of us has a D6. I'm going to, in order from what you can see on the stream, uh, everyone's going to roll a D6, and then I'm going to ask a question from that category. Uh, and then what we'll do is, if we run out of questions in a category and someone rolls a dice, then we'll pull from that 7.15 or later pool. Uh, 7.15 p.m. It was yeah, right it was, before the stream. It was right before the stream. Like, uh, we were getting, uh, we were getting ready, um... And yeah, by the way, I don't know if this will happen before, uh, but um, I don't know if this will happen. But uh, if our audio, if our video starts buffering a bit, which it happened during the Sonic streams, it got real bad. I'm sorry for that. Just listen to it in a podcast format, something you all should be familiar with. That being said, if audio cuts out or if everyone compared to me is a very different volume. Um, we can't really do between everyone else, but we can do everyone versus me. Please say something because then we can adjust that. Um, okay. It was Mario 64 specifically. Wait, there was a cutoff time listed. There was not a cutoff time listed for questions. I've got everything. No, that was, I got that everything. Was a question. <laughs> was there a cutoff time listed? Was there? Oh, well, was there? Oh, I get it. Was there a cutoff time listed? There wasn't. I'm actually really happy we got those questions last. I just wasn't able to organize them. Um, okay. Emily and Hallie being swapped. Oh, no. I Did swapped you, you but I didn't press the transition thing. So Emily and Hallie have been swapped this <laughs> whole time. <laughs> which won't make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no problem being I'm going to quickly check and see if there aren't any no other questions. I have no problem mistaken for Hallie. Good. But people will think I have my life more together than I do. Okay, so. Uh, no, uh, no one will make that mistake. Okay. Trust me on that one. <laughs> So I'm not going to have us introduce ourselves unless we want to, because we're here. You know who we are. We've got our names and characters below. Do we want to just jump into the questions? I've done so much but preamble. Yeah, let's, 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 let's do it. Okay, let's we're going to start uh, in the order from top left to bottom right. Ari is first. So Ari, I need you to roll me a D6. Okay. I got a one. You got a one. Okay, so one means we're going to start with thoughts on characters. And by that, we're going to get right into like the thick of it with a big, deep, complicated question. What's your favorite ship? Oh, and by ship, I mean romantic ship. So this question comes from Taylor. Taylor suggested a variety of ship names. Uh, I believe there was like, um, I don't have them on hand, uh, but there were questions for, there were like names for like Shock and Misha, Everett and uh, Jesse, Ellie and Ray. And I think the final one was uh, Ellie and Ray and... I forget the final one. But the point is, we have a lot more ships than those four. We have a lot of ships. So I've just opened up that question to the field entirely. What's your favorite ship? For someone who doesn't know, and that I'm talking to you, Dad, uh, a ship is <laughs> a, basically a romantic pairing. So what, what couple do you like the most? Uh, uh, I mean, I can be selfish and say that, and say that I like 
my character's couple the most <laughs> with Shuck and Misha. Oh, with Shuck Can and Misha. And... I mean, that's a good one. Like, you... Do you want me to, to, to say another one? No, uh... no, I think that's good. Sorry, I was I was, was, I, was fidget, I was fidgeting with the volume <laughs> and checking chat. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, was my answer not? <laughs> no, I got distracted doing moderator duties in the chat when a word was there and I just didn't know what it was. So I just stared at it like, what, what is this? Um, but anyways, so, um, no, I think that's a good one. I think it's a yes. testament yes. to okay. the ship that no other ship has popped up for those characters. Like we have had a context in which shock has had another boy, his age in his brain for a long time. Speaking Not of before we age. continue spoilers wise, we're cutting it off. Like, at the Ezra reveal. So anything from when Ezra was revealed onwards, we might talk about specific scenes, but we won't talk about big plot points. That being said, we can talk about how in any other context, there'd be so much shipping between Shock and Lowell. Like that's just a snarky boy living in another teenage boy's brain is just ship fodder and not a single person has thought of it. And I think that just speaks to the testament of the Shock and Misha ship. Misha saved Shock's shipping life. <laughs> That's what they did. That's a fact. Uh, a from the chat, fact. haha, chuckles and multi-shipping. <laughs> okay, I, I have a feeling this is going to continue for everyone. Uh, Tom, is your favorite ship also Shock and Misha? No, actually, I was going to say uh, I'm, I'm actually torn between uh, Raylo, which is, is now my name for Ray and uh, Ellie. For no reason. That's not allowed to be like, their name. You Rayleigh? Like Rayleigh. Yeah. There's no O in any of I'm, their. I'm, yeah. I'm it's just not being allowed. intentionally the worst. But okay. the other option was Triceratops, which I know CK had just posted in chats a little while back. Um, I'm I'm really fond of those ships. When there was a moment where we weren't sure. That's right. Rally is what the rest of us use because we're not terrible. Um, Triceratops, there was a period where we weren't sure if we wanted to continue with the ship between Hop and Sarah, and Hallie was like, but Triceratops! And that then, was my chief reasoning, and then you wanted to change her name at some point, too, and I was like, but what if we didn't? Because I have a ship name for them already. I ship and I Ness like, and Mischief and Hop Sarah and Happiness. Hop. Oh, thank you. I do ship Hop, hop and is. Happiness. That's why That's I ship Hop and Sarah. Who, what is your favorite ship, Hallie? I don't, I mean, selfishly, it's probably Triceratops. I put a lot of work into that name. <laughs> I put a lot of worry into that ship. Um, but Zosha is so pure and was also so accidental. Nobody planned yeah. on that. It just like- Not even slightly. Organically happened. And I think that's super cool because all the other ones were planned to some degree because um, they're with NPCs or they're of NPCs. But I also really like Jesserit, what I call Jesse and Everett. Um, we're having some good ship names in the chat. I'm not going to keep interrupting oh, yeah. people, but we got some good ship names in the chat. Anyway, I'm looking at them. I'm very pleased with them. I would say those are my top ships, but I also really like Ray and Ellie. I don't want to cheat and say I have a lot of favorite ships, but I have a lot of favorite ships and they're all valid. What, so a, what, about, what about Stopper? Well, that one's not a valid ship. That's not 
like it's not even valid. It's literally not valid because because it's not valid. It didn't happen. Stopper being Lorraine Styles and Hopper, which was a ship. <laughs> I I realized we pushed a bit too much when people got into it, and I was really afraid that when it was like, no, this is an abusive relationship, some people would be like, but we still like it though. But then Sarah came into the picture, and everything was okay. Anyways, everything is okay. Emily, uh, I'm I'm gonna leave it with you because Ellie has two ships. <laughs> and I want to know right are, here definitively. No, this is this is not. I was not gonna pick either of Ellie's <laughs> ships because I am not picking between <laughs> those two. Okay. Okay. Um, I do really love all of Hopper's crack ships. So, for context, there was a period of time in the early days of the fan Discord, um, where. Hopper got shipped with everyone. My favorite, well, it's tied. There's between the character of Joe, who's the shape-shifting guy who turns into Sexy Hop. There was That was a ship. But my favorite, and there's a fan fiction out there written by someone in this chat where it was Hop and Don, and it was talking about how <laughs> Hop was admiring must- Don like as he single-handedly carried out unconscious Vera from the heart of Charmande, just said he noticed something very important: dem tasty muscles. And it's by far my favorite ship. That's I'm my also answer. We have ship. quoted that since <laughs> that fan fiction yeah. came out. I once put in a Patreon uh. sign because I just needed to. Um, we're getting just long no <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> Cringe, cult, cringe culture, culture is dead. Is dead. <laughs> All right, we were- I ship. My ultimate ship is. Wait, can I pick it if it's not technically canon? canon? You can pick whatever Ships you want. Listen, canon. shipping is all about yeah. avoiding canon. That's true. I ship Zoe and Megan in a queer platonic relationship. Who says that ain't canon, baby? We all know that's canon. Okay, like, good. Like, I know it's not explicitly that's... canon, but, like, probably, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like, it's just, they're, they're, they're buddies. They're good pals. It's important. Okay. Um, yeah. Homestuck has already emerged in chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily, long, roll honestly. a dice. Roll a dice. We're moving roll on Roll a dice. This. I'm rolling a dice. This is my, the original dice that I used for Ellie. Five. Five. Category five. This is miscellaneous. Uh, And this one actually is going to be for uh, Emily. So this question is for Emily. Let me shift it here. This one is from a listener, from audience member Taylor. The question is for Emily. How did you learn to draw so well? Um, I grew up doing art constantly. Um... I ended up going to school. Um, I changed my major a lot of times, but in college, I ended up creating my own major in children's literature, more focused on the illustration side. Um, Didn't listen to anything my professors told me about good art and drew a lot in my spare time. All the time. All the time. All the time. I've been I've been working on these really detailed pieces and I'll just stay up for hours at night sometimes. Not lately. I've been trying to sleep better. Sleep is an important as Persona 5 has taught all of us. 
Having a healthy and consistent <laughs> night's sleep is important for achieving all right, any of your goals. Time to pivot to a Persona 5 stream. Because <laughs> we've all played it now, we've except for Emily, all but of she you. had to watch it three times. Okay, I'm going to roll mine. Mine is category three. Category three is miscellaneous behind the scenes. And this one is for me. I did not just roll one for me. I swear. This is actually what happened. Let me figure out what number it is so I can change it in my little thingy here. For Kyle, and this one is a pretty lengthy one. For Kyle, how do you balance... And this is one that I would like other people to jump into if you have thoughts. For Kyle, how do you balance integrating the backstory slash ideas that the players have for characters with the own ideas you have for the character's arc? How much of the finished product is one versus the other? Well, you know, it's really a fusion, unless it's Tom, in which I mean to him, and I ignore all of his ideas. Um, <laughs> so he, here's how it happened. So everybody came in with a character, and they told me what they wanted to know about the character. So, for example, with uh, Ari, uh, Ari had just come off the back of, I no, Ari was trying to redo a character that his big critical issue was that he had too much backstory. So Ari's like, I'm going to give you nothing. I've been awake for a month and I have this one scene. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work off that. Hallie had nothing. Uh, Emily had, I'm Ellie from Up, but I'm really <laughs> Carl from Up. And also that, that was all I got from Emily. And then Tom had the most distinct version of his backstory. Uh, and this, uh, and he, his was interesting because he had specific things he wanted. He had a specific scene in mind, actually. I think it might've been, I asked for that scene later on, but she, uh, he, but Tom had a place, a place with specific ideas of how it worked. Um, and that's going to be where you're going to see my system kind of fall apart. So my system for developing backstories was essentially, I just let us go. I just let us run loose. Uh, if you notice, let's see, Lorraine comes up, I want to say, one, two, three, four, five, six, episode seven. Lorraine comes up episode seven, and then later in that arc, around episode 11, I want to say, or 12, Misha has their first moment of, oh shit, something's going on. Um, and what really happened, uh, so the Lorraine thing came from me wanting to play. I was just like, hey, Hallie, what if you had a rival? Because that would be fun, right? Every every vigilante has to have a rival. So that's I agreed at that time. That's all it started <laughs> yes, as. this will be fun. Was he has this rival he hates. Her name's Lorraine. Uh, and then Ari's thing was, I didn't know what at the time, but I knew Ari's memory related to the implication of murder. So I'm like, there is something murderous going on. But what happened after that is up until... Halfway through questionable measures, I really just let the players play. I let them do. I let them, like, experience. Like, I just let them live their lives. Uh, and then occasionally I would throw fun things their way. So, like, I threw Lorraine at Hopper. I threw uh, Hopper's memory. I, I threw that at, um, uh, at Hallie. I didn't have any, like, thematic things. I'm just like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if I had a flashback about someone who wasn't Lorraine, but she was actually Lorraine? Wouldn't that no. be fun? And it was. Let no, me tell wasn't. you, dear audience, it was. No. <laughs> One of the worst days of my life. <laughs> Or with Ellie uh, and Zoe, I was just like, what if I just gave her a kid? I'm just going to do that. That sounds like fun. And then about halfway through questionable measures, I basically sat down and I was like, all right, what is everybody's arc? What are they going for? Uh, and some were easier to figure out than others. Hops didn't really come in until the end of questionable measures when it played out the way it did. And I realized, oh shit, he has stuff he has to get over. Uh, Ellie is... 
once Emily had a response to Zoe, we knew exactly where that arc was going to go. Uh, Ari, after the roller coaster, Ari explicitly said, basically, I don't want your help if it puts you in danger. So I'm like, that's a character flaw. Uh, and then shocks, Tom and I actually had a conversation a short while ago about that. So I would figure it out. I would start playing to things to add to that character. And then before their arc became apparent, I'd then explicitly talk. So with Emily, I was talking pretty much consistently with her after Zoe about where I where we wanted her character arc to go. Hallie, it was after Questionable Measures that I talked about that. Um, and then Ari, I talked with her before One Neon Night. I was like, these are the themes. And then before the finale to One Neon Night, I also was like, all right, we have established these things. Let's let's get on the same page. This is what Misha needs to do, right? And we were both like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Tom before uh, Six, which kind of ties with his with an, in with his character arc, but Shock, it's less a character arc for Shock and more Shock being a vehicle for the main plot, which is fine. I think that works fine. But we still walked down and figured out what was what was his because with the way shock was he has so many other themes and character arcs that he's associated with that he doesn't need a strong one in the way the other three characters need something because shock is in proximity to the bigger stuff we've got going on if that's fair to say tom yeah um so yeah that was pretty much it i would we spent uh about a year just playing with characters me throwing things their way and then once people started responding once we had done that fun back and forth i was like what does them responding what has this led to and so you can see that manifest in the backstory episodes where the first backstory episode was very loose i was like there is a crime going on hallie and you've got to figure it out whereas with ellie's it got a lot tighter and with misha's it got even more tight and shock's memory is going to get very very tight because the further on we get the more the less the backstory is even though every backstory sets up the next arc early on they set up there was less for them to work off of so they could be whatever and as we've gotten further on there's been more for them to live up to and work off of so they've been more structured structured around that that was a lot longer i've rehearsed this answer and that was a lot longer <laughs> than my rehearsal um what about nessa's memory compartment i'm i'm putting that down Live show. Oh, bonus, right there. bonus episode. <laughs> Ness's memory. But it won't be, it'll probably be accidentally deep. But I just like Ness's memory. He just griffs Hamish when Hamish shows up in, um, shows up in Key for the first time. And it ends with him meeting Shock. And he had just gotten away from grifting Hamish, who, yeah, because I was gonna he, say, Hamish gets the no, worst luck. Ness's memory would be a bunch of two-bit cons that don't work, but they might work against Hamish. He might be one of the few. I don't even know what Ness's memory counterpart would look like. That's all I have for it. But it could exist. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> it was a long con. We the memory. Yeah, when Ness was it like, it was well, a long con. Ness says I that it to. turns out the episode's five minutes long. Ness doesn't <laughs> think. Rolls a single dice. Gets caught, knocked <laughs> like... over, and knocked unconscious. See, I, I, I imagine in keeping with in keeping with Sarah's original inspiration that Ness is just like Tony from An American Tale, ha! and like his memory is just like guiding some other hapless kid around <laughs> Key, pretending he knows what he's doing when he doesn't. He doesn't actually help that kid move along their story in any no. way. No, it has big crossover that energy because right. the kid he walks around is uh, Shannon Iggins from The Cookie Two. <laughs> He just trusts the small <laughs> robot child and gets grifted. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no. She would let oh. <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, does anyone have any more thoughts, or Tom, is it time for you to roll your dice? I guess it's time for me to roll my die. I got a three. Got a three. All right, we are still in miscellaneous behind the scenes. Um, Yeah, actually, let's talk about this one as well, because this one is pretty closely related to what we just talked about. So let me swap it over. All right, where are the places in the story that could have gone seriously different directions, and how would the story have changed for the long term? I... I'm going to let all of you talk about the one Ari reminded me of, because that one still makes me mad even if it's better. The one I'm going to talk about is Lorraine. So my original thought to this question was, haha, gets on my rail conductor's outfit, toot toot, time to go on the railroads, kids. It's always been planned out, which in many ways it has. Uh, earlier on, there was more freedom, but especially now we really, because we're working off of what we set up so I can pretty well predict where things are going to go and the players will follow me along on it. That being said, Hop wasn't supposed to lose to Lorraine. He was not. Like, so the big heist, uh, so the heist that ends with the, um... Oh boy, Lorraine has masterminded everything and everyone's in a big pickle. That was intended. That part was intended. Hop getting stonewalled by someone in an Anine costume for three turns before being crushed in rubble as Misha Jarvis single-handedly solves the entire mystery? That was not intended. So the moment Lorraine basically tells Hop, you know what? I'm breaking up with you. Misha Jarvis's friendship ended with Hopper Scotch. Now Misha Jarvis is my best friend. That was not intentional. I was just like, that's what Lorraine would say. She called him Simon. Right. I remember. And that. that was that was the shift for me where like I obviously knew where Cuba was, but I knew that if Lorraine called him Simon, Hopper could not rise to the occasion. So I had I had to do that. And so because of that, uh, that basically set up the entire crime and courtship arc. Uh, yeah. I've mentioned multiple times that Lorraine is based on an abusive relationship of my own. That wasn't intentional. But then the end of crime and courtship kind of, the end of questionable measures kind of happened. And Hallie and I talked and we're like, yeah, I guess Hop's arc is about getting over a bad breakup now. Oops. Didn't know that. (laughs) Um, Oops. Which I think was very strong. It ties in with the overall themes of the story, but it's, um, it's a time. It was a time that happened purely by accident. I have, (laughs) bad things have happened for... I want to say everyone except for Ari has been at least a little bit traumatized by part of their arc, which was not (laughs) intentional and is the important sign of the importance of safety tools, which is we're going to be using liberally campaign two. And I know that was the first one. I know that hit you real hard, like the arc playing through the, the rest of Hopper's stuff. Oh yeah, that hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. I just like, it was really hard to separate my own failure from Hopper's failure, which is why I kept saying, but she called them Simon, so I chose to lose on purpose. But for a while, just because I was rolling so poorly all the time, I was like, man, maybe I suck. <laughs> like, I know that it's just dice, but, it, but there was also a certain level of stress of like, how can I now raise Hopper to like the victorious, I'm Hopper Scotch level, because I wasn't sure if I would be able to do it. I so there was a lot Hallie, of like you will have this this will happen i <laughs> kyle had to be like you'll get it it's fine it's fine <laughs> i was like okay but yeah that hit me hard um or you know that part of an arc that has 30 minutes of robots me. talking to each other oh last episode that wasn't intentional either <laughs> that, that <laughs> no. fucked us up without going that into detail really about the most recent episode there is an extended flashback early on that was meant to be 10 minutes long but then i basically got really anxious after the previous episode got recorded i called it quits and i was like i can't continue 
and it gave me time to think and expand and then that episode happened uh but before we continue uh ari because you were the one who reminded me of it do you want to tell me do you want to remind everyone of the other event yeah i mean <laughs> i think the other one is when we all fell down the pit because we weren't uh, supposed to fall down that pit but then that changed a lot of things because because of that is at least for, for Misha because that is when Misha like lost their memories momentarily again that's when the gears happened which you know how that went and that is when Misha's like connection to the NSP messed up enough that they began calling Hopper Simon Scotch for the duration of the campaign. So if we hadn't fallen to the pit, none of that would have happened. And they wouldn't have had a scene with Ellie uh, for an extended like episode. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff changed. Uh, uh, everyone was just going to go down with Vera and do stuff. But then that changed. So everyone split in the two. Misha got their part of the arc. Don appeared. I don't think I was intending to have him back. I wasn't intending to have Everett back. Everett was not going to appear again. But then I'm like, well, Ooh, if everyone yeah. presumably died, Mob's going to have to send in a backup team. So she sent in Everett and Jesse. <laughs> so that's why Everett exists. And then um, I think Shauna also needed to be created for that because you were no longer just interacting with Vera because she would just attack you on site if she saw you. I guess another thing that happened there was the the flashback phrase that you used later on. The like, what is die happened during there? It wouldn't have happened. Yep. The the almost leaving Misha scene in Tales from Fasten would have happened potentially, but not there because it would have happened later on the story after the roller coaster episode. So a lot of things would have been different. Yeah, we're in a point where everything is pretty railroaded because we have to wrap up plot threads. So it's it's weird to think of how many things were allowed to change early on when we didn't have a clear, like, like anything had happened. Mm. Any other things anyone wants to talk about? I don't think so, but I also forgot what the original question was. Uh, basically, places where the story could have gone in a seriously different direction. There is, I mean, there's one that I can't reveal now because it technically hasn't even happened yet in what we recorded. But later on, we can talk about um, a potential choice that I had to make for shock. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Where things could have been quite different. Oh. But, but I don't I don't know that I can actually get into that right now. I mean I'm, I'm not entirely sure I... what you're talking about, but can tell me later. Well Kyle, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna quickly message you, Kyle. Then. Okay, Tom's gonna message Because I don't because I don't think I can talk about while, this yet. While Tom oh, messages me. Okay. Uh, oh I see. I think I know. Yeah, I think from, I got it. Someone from the chat asks, Where's Charles? Referring <laughs> to <laughs> Our good son. I go. Is he in the podcast below? Or where he goes? I think that's a little too close to spoilers, Tom. No, no, that's... A, yeah, I agree. That's what I was saying. It's it's a shame that the timing is what it is, because that would have been really fun to talk yeah. about, but... I, I think I know what you're talking later. about, actually. Yeah. But it's, like, very co-current with where we are in the show. Yeah. Yeah. From the yeah. Okay. I, I got it. Mm-hmm. From the chat, it, it, is it really railroading when it's done well and there's some flexibility? First off, thank you. Second off, I choose to think of it as like roading. Like you have a road. <laughs> well, quite real. You have to stay on the road, but drive on it however you would like, my children. That's, a good, that's actually a really good metaphor. Yeah. And also from chat, yes, I do have a quarantine beard. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not proud of what I've done, but I need to buy a new razor anyway. And so few people see my face anymore that I can be lazy, I guess. All right. I see your face every day. Don't you care? 
<laughs> no. We are about 45 minutes in and we are through four questions. So, Emily, uh, Hallie, would you like to roll your d6? Oh, yeah, give me my d6. It went under my computer. Oh, there it is. Wow. It's a one. It's a one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean anything in this context. Um, it's a D6. I love what. Okay, I, I I like this one. Uh this one comes from Juniper. And this one I think is one we can do pretty quickly. Uh from Juniper. Are there any moments from Quest Friends that can be mentioned? And boom, instant laughter slash tears. Uh I'm gonna go while everyone else does their part of the answer, I'm gonna go get a shirt from my closet. No. Whereas everyone else can talk about other things, but I'll be back. Well, I really like the one that I really like is the one episode where we momentarily all shared thoughts. And the first thought that Hopper heard was not my dad or Hopper Scotch. I thought it was really funny. Um, I skip me. Come back to me later. I can't I can't string thoughts together. I think in the very first episode, Hopper mansplained how to do math. So now anytime anyone says, ma'am, ma'am, I've made multiple memes off of this. It's, oh. it's really unfortunate <laughs> that I laugh at it. <laughs> have, have we talked about the man in the gears? <clears throat> Not yet. In the gears, no, we didn't talk about that one. <laughs> Why? If you want to upset Ari, just make a meme about Misha pushing a man into the gears. Uh, during... I feel so bad. It upsets um, her so much. Because it upsets. What was the question so again? Uh, the question oh. is: any quest friends moments that can be mentioned in Boom Instant Laughter slash Tears. Um, also, one thing from the chat: will uh, leftover questions be answered somewhere else? I don't know, but I'll think about it because I think it'd be fun to do. Um, that being said, so at one part, uh, I make a gift for everyone every year. And so every anniversary we get a gift. So I got something this year. I can't say what it is because Hallie hasn't gotten it yet. Uh, our first year, everyone got dice bags. And the second year I put in a quote because there's a scene during the uh, thing, which Ari was the one who got it to meme status because she just loved the quote. Uh, where Hop is talking to the Aeneian, trying to, like, get his way, like, the Aeneian costume, trying to get his way up to where everyone was fighting regular Bob. And he's, like, he tries to make, like, an argument. And he, and I'm, like, all right, give me a roll. And Hallie rolls, like, a six. And so I just responded. No. But also, like, your edit was so good, because I think you stopped the music there for a second. It's like, no, no music. This is amazing. I want everyone to know that he presented these shirts, and I got very mad when he gave us these shirts. And he gave them to us in person. We had met up um, for a bit. And then I wore that shirt in the airport on my way home from that trip. And I was selected that time for the random mandatory security search. So I was like trying to go through a thing and the guy was like, no. And I got really confused and a whole bunch of things happened in my head at once. And then he went down to my shirt and he was like, your shirt says no. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it was the worst. I haven't worn that shirt except for during last session. And I will never wear it again during a session of Quest Friends <laughs> or in public. Everything after uh, questionable measures has been Hallie relishing in other people's pain because she's... Oh, it's been so wonderful. I love it so much. Well, she also really relished... Well, no, never mind. She wasn't that gleeful about Zoe. <laughs> I just love Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was that was like a cute yeah. thing to be, to be like, aha, about. But this is like Ellie's consequences of her direct actions. Like, those are funny. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> 
It's not funny. Any other any other moments that we we quote endlessly? I know no was one. We've done it less, but it used to be a big one. Man in Gears was one. Uh, Damn it, Emily. Boyo, lose... we've said a couple times. Yeah. Uh, if I play any up music now, Emily gets very upset. She did this to herself. One that I quote sometimes is because I really, I found it really funny how nonchalant Shock says it, but it's like on the first or second episode where we discuss the, when Ellie puts the rat out of her hat and Shock is like, I could eat this right now or save it from late, for later. And it's just like nonchalant, just saving a dead rat. Like, I can just save it for later, it's fine. It's a shame but the audio is so bad in the first episode because there's some real choice <laughs> moments. Yeah. Such a good quote. Alright. Alright, roll me a D6. It's me. A6. A6. So we are now into future plans. Um, oh, I think this is a very interesting one. So we'll do question 25. Um, question number 25. Uh, give me a second to get that all up here. Hallie loves consequences when they don't affect her. It's a call out. It's an accurate one. And uh, something that I should note is I may have modified the way some of these are phrased for the sake of just rolling them off my tongue and getting them in the box. While there's been quite a bit of coding for certain characters, are there any intentionally neurodivergent characters? No. That was that came out a lot harsher than I meant it. <laughs> I just wanted to be honest. So, no. No. Um, <laughs> I have heard in the past that the people have talked before about there being neurodivergent uh, coding before. Like it's been brought up multiple times now. It's been mentioned for shock uh, that that he seems kind of neuro uh, coded uh, neurodivergent. But we didn't because we had like anything new. I do. I put in a big sensitivity. I like get at least three sensitivity readers. Figure out exactly where we're going. Stuff like that with. And I didn't realize Tom had known about it, which you can talk about that. With Shock, I just was like, oh, someone likes this. I just won't tell Tom because I wasn't sure. At that point, I wasn't comfortable digging into it more. Uh, I wasn't comfortable with like not I wasn't comfortable with my own experience for that. I was like because that was I was told that like early on in the show. Um, and since then, I've almost every arc, I've thought about adding a neurodivergent character, but I've never actually done it from point of view of NPCs. So it's definitely something that I want to do explicitly. Um, now I do want to note just because I say I didn't do it intentionally. Basically what that means is don't give us credit for like being super diverse for sticking that in there. Cause that wasn't intentional coding, but that doesn't mean you can't identify with the coding. And we'll get to this later with head cannons, but like just cause it wasn't intentional does not make it an invalid reading. All of English majors are built around readings that probably were not intended. And they are all, most of them are valid. <laughs> Can confirm. Um, but that being said, as for intentional, I think it is important to have intentional, explicit, uh, neurodivergent characters. And there are a handful of characters that I really want. At this point, we really don't have new characters to add that aren't robots. And adding any marginalized group as a robot character is tough. But when it comes to our mid-seasons and campaign two, there is a list of things that I want to make sure to explicitly include, and neurodivergent characters is on that list. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I was aware of it because of a Tumblr ask that had suggested the same thing that Kyle, I guess, had forgotten from, I think, a while back. Yeah, like, um, I knew about it, but I hadn't... I had forgotten I had mentioned it to you, or someone had. Well, you didn't mention it. <laughs> the ask was shared, so I had just seen it. Um, and it was something that I, I was similarly just like, oh, I do not have 
the experiences to do anything like that. So I, I, I kind of leaned away from it later on, but I think it's a valid headcanon. And I'm glad if people think that it, if it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. Okay. Farewell, Kent. Farewell. Farewell. All right. I'm actually going to skip on if it's everyone, all right with everyone. We've bounced around this question a few times and i feel like this is going to be an important one to answer so before you do your role emily we are going to pop over to the next one which is thoughts on the validity of headcanons and fan interpretations of characters the author is dead screw canon all of it goes out the window i have a more nuanced take than that myself before everyone else gets into it for me i think canon doesn't matter so far as it matters in the reading of the text. Like, if you ignored certain parts of Quest Friend, if you ignored, say, um, all of Hop's arc and was like, well, I had canon that Lorraine apologizes to him later on and everything is a-okay, that would, like, ruin the theming we had there about abusive relationships and the point of getting away from them. That's something that, obviously, you can do what you want, but that's something that I, as, like, someone interpreting uh, uh, my own fiction or someone else's would be like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. That is the only context. Besides that, anything we don't explicitly say, fair game. Headcanon is is whatever. You want to head, you don't like our finale, you want to headcanon it to something else? Go ahead. As I said, for the importance of theming, I think it's important to look at what is explicitly in the text. But for just engaging for fun or for what you think would have been like a better manifestation of the themes and ideas, I think headcanons are extremely valuable. I have lots of headcanons that I like to believe in. And like, I once read a book that argued that the characters are only truly alive when the book ends because then they start to live in the minds of all the people that read them. Like they have these new different experiences. They can become literally anything. I, I that, that has always been something that stuck with me. Um, so I think headcanons are good and valid. I, I like them a lot. I think, you know, you, I think the big things for me that I only hesitate back on is if you're interpreting the text, look at what's in the text. And then uh, the other thing, there's one other thing I was thinking about. It was about the text and thematic interpretations head cannons are good oh right don't give us credit for something that we didn't put in there like um for example taz uh, well the adventure zone now really is racially diverse in its um comics but it is not in the text of taz balance nobody's race is described there is no there's no variety there so if someone so it's great that the like fans um interpreted that way and really had a very a racially diverse interpretation of the cast but that is something i will not and will never give the Mac, uh, mcelroy's credit for because that's not in their text so they don't get credit for that even if they embraced it mm -hmm. so basically it's very good but we don't get credit for it you do because you made it <laughs> I'm ranting a lot. Does anyone else have any other thoughts? I, I have very strong feelings on headcanons. Yeah, I um, I don't have a great deal to add to that. I agree than... with your... Yeah, mine are pretty much all the same. Except, yeah. like, I just think headcanons are so fun because it's interacting with the text, you know, in your own way. And I think that's super cool, and I think everybody should be encouraged to do that. All, all yeah. of my headcanons come from a place of... <laughs> I think this finale ignored the themes of the story. Here's how I would have done it in a different way. See, that's Look. what I was going to 
that was we were going to add is that like no one can own ever own a story and so um if if people think it is made better in some way then that's that's a valid headcanon many people may disagree with that particular route but it's it's okay if that's how you want to picture it like for example in my headcanon at the end of star versus forces of evil they don't suddenly just start calling the magic realm the magic, the magic. like your grandmother oh asking you have you been oh playing the nintendo again are you winning son <laughs> I I still have my... kyle is so mad about the ending of the show but <laughs> oh, anytime he's reminded of it in any way the rant begins again. I hate the ending so much. What were you going to say, Ari? Oh, no, I was going to say that, I mean, I'm not super far into it, but I also have already imagined a better, in my opinion, headcanon for Amnesty for the parts that I've listened to than the way it's true. <laughs> that me they were told by Griffin. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's just, it would be so much better. But anyways. I really like this from CK Fabe in the chat. All tacos are valid. That's referencing a character from the Adventure Zone. All tacos are valid. Feels oh. nice until all of the fan and tacos are thin, white, and cis. The eternal tech slash fandom struggle. Yeah. It's, it's, never mind. If you were going to say something first, you can go ahead because I never have composed thoughts ever. No, that's fine. Um, oh, no, yeah, never mind. Because, like, when, when I say no one has ownership of a story, that isn't to say that, like, all interpretations are equally good. Like, Kyle was very explicit and, like, if you have an interpretation that makes the story worse, it's like, eh, why, why have you done this? But it, I mean, beyond consensus, beyond, like, someone's arguments, um, it's, I'm just, I'm just, I'm can never say a thing coherently yeah. ever. No, that's, that's fair. Um, oh my God. I think we've all gotten very, very emotional about headcanons here tonight. We, we have a lot of feelings about many headcanons. So many. <laughs> I like to think that all of us also have good headcanons. I like to believe so, except for my terrible ones. I don't know if I actually have terrible ones. I actually align with the actual like fiction of the story most of the time. Cause I see yeah. it going away. I'm like, yeah, I like that. Okay, sure. Like basically all of my head cannons are relate to these characters were queer all along and the writers definitely were teasing that, but fuck you. It's explicit in my mind. My like, um every character in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Every single one. Except for like, I don't know, Leone, Ingrid. They they're probably straight. My okay, one last headcanon for me. Very important. My headcanon is that none of the Star Wars sequels were made except for the one deleted scene where Finn defeats Captain Phasma and it's so much better than anything in The Last Jedi because it's a very good scene. In my head, that scene and nothing else of the sequel trilogy exists. It's got lots of good things. I just really like that scene and I'm really mad it was cut. Emily Roll. Another five. Another five. Miscellaneous. So we talked about Emily and drawing. Uh, okay, we do need some... Actually, this is a very fun one. So this one, it also comes from Juniper. Uh, this is one of our miscellaneous questions. Uh, this is one I know we've talked about before, but how many people have you met in real life that knew about Quest Friends? I feel like we've met at least I, one person. Ari met one or two? I feel I like mean, Ari's, Ari's yeah. friends in Salt Lake City ran oh. into people. Well, no. Well, no. So it's, it's not... I mean, I... Uh, basically a, a co-worker's wife and I, she was like oh i heard about quest friends in the test thing and now i'm listening to it i'll let you know what i feel about it 
And then she never told me anything after that. So I don't know. But I really don't talk with her that much. Um, well, didn't Peter run into someone? Like, yeah, didn't Peter maybe. message you once to be like, oh, yeah, I ran into someone who was like, you heard about this podcast called Quest Friends? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Because I remember we were like, had met up. I think it was when we were in Minnesota together. And we were driving to so. like... The, the oh, bumper polo yeah. place and you got the message from peter that he had just met someone who knew yeah. about quest friends i think it was also like a co-worker of his but that's true yeah and then i mean this is not like meeting a stranger but like a friend from back home i like knows about my podcast and listens to it which is weird because i never told him about it so that was nice and i don't know i don't post it on facebook so i don't know where he saw yeah. it so that was that was nice from my experience uh, at cons, we often get told, oh, we've heard about you. So we're the show that people vaguely recognize when we say our name, <laughs> which is actually, I, I'm happy with that. That's that's yeah. always a good feeling to hear. A solid place on the totem pole. All right. I'm going to do my role. That was a quick one. I just remembered. I knew Ari had a story, but I couldn't remember what the story was. And it was the Peter I, one. I mean, I think I vaguely, yeah. Yeah. But... Well, okay. and then when we went to C2E2, we met... Well, we yeah, we met someone who was coming to see the show, I remember. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two. This is in our thoughts on performance. Let me... Okay, I, I like this one. We're going to do question number seven. Question number seven reads, when I can get it up there. Do any of you feel your role play has changed over the years you have done Quest Friends? If so, are the what are the things you think have influenced this? Um, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess I, because I, I, I thought about it a little bit. Uh, I think for me, it, I uh, at first used to do a lot of, uh, like for instance, Misha is going to say and then say the thing, and Misha is going to do and then do the thing rather than just kind of do it or say it. Uh, and I learned by actually listening to other podcasts like you know Taz or Critical Role that sometimes I just go for it and it's a more, bit more fluid. So I changed my role play style to do that. So probably in the earliest episodes, there's more of a Misha is going to say this rather than just saying it. So that's, I think, the main thing that I changed. So. Yeah, I know I, I cut that out a lot early on and I've been doing it a lot less. And mm -hmm. we have an upcoming episode. It'll be in a few months. It's three Four episodes out, I want to say, Ari and I do an experiment where we speak in character literally the entire episode, which is, I think it worked really out really fun. well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. All right, how about Sorry. other folks? Um, I, at the very beginning, my, I, I felt like I could, I should only say something if I thought that it was funny or clever. Um, yeah, it was, you were like, you were worried we had a conversation oh. where it was like, you're like, I feel like I'm trying too hard. I'm like, yes, you are absolutely trying too hard. You need to I just think it probably went up. more like, I'm trying too hard. <laughs> and then me comfortingly giving you a hug and saying, yes, you are trying to. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, um, a fiance. I'm a great fiance. <laughs> I'll let you continue. I, but yeah, I got more comfortable with just talking and like it doesn't all have to be good or what you think of as good and then realize is bad seconds later so Absolutely. like i just did there <laughs> hallie and tom save save emily 
I uh, I feel like I became a little bit more precise about Shock's voice as time went on, um, because uh, I I came to realize more and more that having a strong voice was important to having a strong sense of character. Uh, and in like non-recorded games, what I did on the side where I didn't have clear and consistent voices, I never really figured out the character and they just meant nothing. Can I have an addendum before yeah. Ali jumps in? So yeah, I um, did not do this on purpose. I just realized it when I listened back to uh, older episodes. But I eventually developed the voice for Misha because I didn't remember that at first I didn't have it. I just had the like cadence. And so then I was like, wait, I didn't have the voice until when? So I don't know. But that wasn't like an intentional thing. It just happened. And I'm glad it happened because I like Misha's voice now. So. Everybody else has these really great voices and these like, at first I tried to do this. But now I have grown into not doing that, or I do it in a different way. And I'm over here like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't really have a voice for Hopper so much as a cadence. Part of that is because I can't I can't make my voice sound like what I would cast as Hopper Scotch's voice, because I have a very high-pitched female voice. That I, and so I, I have to rely on, like, cadence and, and the way that I deliver words to be hot. But sometimes it does sound like me, and there have been times where I have said something as Hallie, and we splice it in as a line of hop dialogue, and it works really well. Um, but jumping off of that, that is something, I know what you're thinking of, that is something I have been better at. Like, I think if your mindset, even if you don't necessarily have a voice, or even if you're feeling like you need to jump in with something funny, if you build yourself back and just imagine yourself as that character, it becomes easier for anything you do to be indicative of that character. So that even if you do something accidentally, you can say, oh, well, I will just channel my own energy into this character that I've created. Mm -hmm. And then that will add, give that character more depth and create something really cool you maybe didn't intend. Um, so I have gotten a lot better at accepting the choices that I make and being like, it's done. Uh, and then as for me, GM and player, I'll go. I'll try to go brief. I know I ramble. Um, as a GM, I did a bunch of one-shots before this, and they were all basically, here are big set pieces. It's like, you're going to be here, then you're going to be here, then you're going to be here. Here are sets of locations. And something that I've realized is very important for me is a sense of place. I need to visualize where someone is, even if I don't say it. I need to know in my brain. Um, otherwise, I'm just not comfortable with it. Uh, I took that approach to the first part, uh, Turing Town. It was meant to be a one-shot. It wasn't. It got a lot longer, a lot faster. But that one I designed a map, and I designed a town. And then everyone ignored that map and that town, went to one place, and I was like, well, I guess the plot is happening now. Uh, so then I cut that pretty quickly. I've gotten a lot more, and I don't think this is necessarily better, I've got a much better sense of what would fit in an episode, but lately that means I've tried to fit things into that episode. Um, so I, I've I've gotten a much better idea of a flow and structure and how to keep things going, but sometimes that's a curse. Uh, as a player, it's absolutely a curse being a GM because I've started, I, I have a much better sense of, ooh, here's something fun that could happen based on this. So we've been doing The Strange lately, and Tom can attest that basically every five minutes, like, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? And, like, at one point, I got a bunch of ciphers, and I messaged Tom, I'm like, hey, Tom, can these weapons be from the gang that Hallie's rivals with? And sometimes it works out, like, that was great. Other times, Tom's like, okay, so we have to do a heist, it's going to be in one of these five locations, and before you can continue and say what the locations is, me and my let's get some story hooks going brain thinks, aha, 
There are five of us. There are five locations. Before Tom continues, my character will pitch a five-way simultaneous heist. I was thought it was going to be great. And let me tell you, it was. Um, from Poor the thing. You ever had to improv five different office buildings for <laughs> break into as a five-way one person? I got really attached split. to mine. I liked mine a lot. Too. <laughs> well, I, I think it worked out for everyone. Um, I made sure that each of them mattered. It's just only one of them actually progressed the main plot. Okay, quick question. This one will be super quick. It comes from the chat from Junipal. Can Kyle, anyone do some character voices? Um, yeah, I'll just... I'm going to do one because I've never been able to do it because I did it for an audition once. Um, there's a character from Ace Attorney that they were doing like a dab of, a dub of, and his name was like Paul Atchison Wimperson. <laughs> and I thought really hard about getting this kind of sniveling voice, and I like it a lot and I want to use it. But I'm running out of characters. Unless J. Kell could have this voice, Tom. But I feel like Tom will veto that. It's, I think it's fine. It's not exactly how I had pictured him. Like, it's a little too sniveling and not enough, like, yeah. sneering, if that makes sense. But eh, I'm, Anyways, I'm flexible. Anyone want to throw out any voices they've done outside of uh, our context? You don't have to. It's just a... I wanted to do the Paul Atchison I could, I could try, voice. I could try to do my Ignatz voice if any no one else has Oh my god, you should do your... Oh, sorry. Do what? Your Dankowski voice for your kobold. I love, <laughs> oh, I love that voice Dankovsky you have. It's so the, good. The other game I'm in. Like, mm, hold on. It's, it's so good. Well, you see, if you think about it logically, you simply need to follow the map. And so I... Of course, know how to draw this, but you may not because it is a rather tricky subject. Oh, so good. I it's I so good. I feel like it's such a generic voice though. My my. my I don't know what it It's close, but there's a there's like a it's, you would expect it to be harsher normally than the way you do it, which makes it stick out to me. Mm-hmm. I when I was originally like practicing it, I like would hiss more on my S's, but I eventually dropped that both because I forgot to do it and because I figured it would get annoying. But I'm glad you guys like it at least. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean I don't have that many voices other than I guess Frank, Frank Fanning, which is just rolling rolling his R's a lot, something like this. <laughs> Can you can you do can you do lay detective detect stuff? Ooh, yes, uh, too late. Too late. Voice. Yes, this uh, has been a, a long time since I uh, tried to do lay detective lay detect stuff. I don't know. It was something. Or like he just that. puts on accents, and they're always very good. <laughs> they're always so good. I have never been so deeply dunked on in any role-playing <laughs> game as when Ari and I both played detectives on the Titanic. And she was just this cheesy French detective who was going around to literally everyone and telling them like about her theory about how crime occurs in close spaces. Happen in uh, close spaces. <laughs> and just like, oh, if there was a crime, don't worry about it. You won't. You won't even hear about it because I have, have already solved it. And now he's like, there's going to be no, a no. crime. I'm just brushing it. No, she didn't. Mm, she didn't, didn't say, solve it. <laughs> yeah, Lay did not say you won't know because you won't solve it. It's like there'll crime be happen, but don't worry. Once it is, once it has occurred, I will solve it. Yeah, he was very adamant on the, <laughs> it'll happen, and it's a good thing I'm here for and, what and it I does. And I solved the mystery of where the little, like, stone thing it was. It was a stuffed whale. And she actually did solve it completely. 
Yeah. She solved it 100% solved the mystery. Yeah. I think we were both dunked on Hallie. By, no, by, we were. Like, because then I that because then I spent the whole next day because I did it in two parts redoing the order of things I needed to happen because Ari knew things and I was like, okay, here's a new mystery for you. The laundry was taken out. Like I had to do a lot because Ari was too good at solving mysteries. But the chat is asking me to do Lorraine and all I will say is wait for Among Us. And you'll get as much oh, yeah. Lorraine as you want. Uh, any voices that Emily or Hallie wants to do before the next question? The problem is that I can't do voices. Do the Ness voice, Hallie. Ness is all I got, man. <laughs> and I have Ness only because I play Ness in Super Smash Bros. And they go, PK Fire! Every time I actually press the PK Fire button and do my little side B. And then I just started doing this. We were like, well, the robot's gotta be Ness. It's uh, all I have. I can't do any other voices. I'm getting better. Like, oh, I do I have myself. one voice. And it's a voice that Tom and I do together. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do it, do it, do it. I am your fish wife. Kiss me on my fishy <laughs> fish lips. This is, what's her name? Mifa. Mifa. <laughs> Character in Breath of the From Wild. Breath of the Wild. One of the champions. She wants. She really has a big crush on Link, and it's like, I will do. I will serve you, and I it makes me so uncomfortable. Kyle, <laughs> kiss your fish wife. No, so, I love so, yeah, Saitan, my fish husband. We just bully Kyle relentlessly anytime Mifa your comes. Your fish up husband ever. is a much better pick. Oh, absolutely. Oh. We 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 only ship Saitan and Link in this household, <laughs> not Link and Mifa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have one question before we have Tom roll. Hey, Kyle, what's this pin you've got on your shirt? Well, I, I should have advertising music. Anyways, well, dear viewer, my face is not visible for some reason. Let me change it. Your face is visible to us. All right. Well, not on stream. Anyways, well, dear viewer, this is the uh, Hopperscotch enamel pin made by our artist, Mandy Robertson. It is a replica of Hopperscotch's new hat that appears at the end of Crime and Courtship. This enamel pin, a $5 value or something along those lines, can be yours if you subscribe to us at patreon.com slash questfriends by the end of October. Essentially, each year we do like something for the Patreon backers to encourage subscriptions uh, during our anniversary. Last year it was a Shock and Misha sticker. This year it is this little enamel pin. So I got a whole bunch of them in this box. I got like 40. Um, so essentially, if you uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon by the end of October, uh, and this includes people who are currently subscribed, you'll get one of these nifty little enamel pins. And I just think they're real cute and I like them. And so you would like them too, okay? Well, if you like someone, something that means every single person is going to like it as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got, I got a whole bunch. Uh, any extras we have may go on sale at a later point, but it'll be at like a con, which considering how COVID is going, won't be for at least a year. And I don't even know when we'll go again after that. So if you're interested in having that, this now, probably if you're interested in having this before the campaign ends, uh, subscribe on Patreon. Again, $1 level or above any subscription, uh, whoever is subscribed at the end of October, regardless of how long you're subscribed, will get it. Okay, Tom, give me a roll for the next question. I got a two. You got a two. Let's take a look at our twos. Twos, thoughts on performance. 
oh, this is a fun one, and I can't I can't be involved in it, so it can't go super <laughs> long. Uh, let me just take a moment to get this question up. I thought this would be a lot more straightforward. There we go. Okay, for the PCs, what's something your character has done that has made you really proud? I don't know if proud, but I really like the balls of ants moment of... Yeah, just to tossing it like the one where I when I threw it at uh, you know at the blue fairy. I guess that's not the most fun. Yeah. But no, I, that's, I like that's not a big plot point. You fight the blue fairy yeah. and you throw balls of ants. <laughs> yeah, and I really liked that idea. I don't know. I thought that that was that was really fun. But it was really fun. I like that you threw that her. I really love the line beforehand where you were like, "I oh, think I if it was friends, but also as soldiers." <laughs> And I guess there's other things that we should us later, but this, those episodes have not been released yet, so I can't say. But I'm proud of, of, of you know, you know that, you know the one, the one moment. Yeah, but, there's yeah. some real good stuff. Uh, and again, we can talk about scenes and stuff so long as they're not too relevant to plot. I have a feeling because the next arc is yours, Ari, that pretty much everything is real relevant to plot. But just a reminder for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's just like the finale. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I'm proud of that, even though I knew it was coming. Finale gets real bad, but then it gets real good and. Ari did an outstanding performance um, and really carried those last couple of yeah. episodes. Very strong. What about everyone else? I'm not a PC. I can't speak. Although I, uh, I feel, I feel like the thing I know this is sort of recent, so it may be within our spoiler fold, but I feel like the thing I should say is um, shock and the nano spirits recently um, shocks choice relating to that, because that was a, was a good choice for him. But I feel like the moment I was, I don't know, most proud of myself or just like most excited for shock was probably when he climbed back up the, uh, the prodigious with <laughs> unconsciousness so the rope, to fight the Vera rope. without any magic. This whole campaign has been us taking magic away from Tom. At first <laughs> it was me it. and now it's just been Tom. Well, you, you pushed me to this. <laughs> you drove me to this point. All right, how about Hallie and Emily? Emily, go. Um, I was really proud of the decision to use my um, fuse ciphers ability with a sack of live bees. Ellie bees! <laughs> very good. Bees. Rising um, with her bee wings. Which is also the same episode as the throwing the ball of ants. That was, a very that was good. just a good fight. The Jagged Dream fight was that. a very good fight. Yeah. Hopper got like a 20. It was a good day. Yeah. Um, and some recent things I think went well. You also had a good performance during. Yeah, the it was also very good, but we cannot disclose things. <laughs> How about you, Hallie? Um, back before the dark ages of my dice existence, um, after the pit when we split up, it was Hop and Shock, and Shock ended up like glued to the wall and crying, and Hop came in and just bonged Vera on the back of the head with a pipe, and I was super proud of him in that moment i was like yay he's like doing the hero vigilante thing he's saving the day and then that like never happened again until uh of course the jagged dream fight and then the um 20 that i rolled with the at the end of the crime and court yeah at the end of the um so that was fun but i'm also really proud of hop for the ant farm that he made misha yeah he's very proud of that ant farm oh, he worked misha very hard on that, that. Misha um, loves it I'm so glad. Like, I and Hop are both glad <laughs> that Misha loves the ant farm. And um, he, when I, I don't know that this resulted in anything that wasn't already going to happen. Um, 
But during crime and courtship, I had an investigation plan for Hop that involved hooking up projectors I stole from Shock because he was the one who had them in his inventory, but I wanted them to like hook them up so you could watch one from the relative safety and comfort of a different one. And I jokingly referred to it as the Netflix and chill plan because he was going to do it with Sarah. And I was like, look, it's investigation and it's a date. It's an invested date. And uh, I'm proud of Hop for that one. Hop didn't do it for the date, but he did do it to spend time with Sarah. So he just didn't call it a date to himself. He set up Netflix and chill. He set up Netflix and chill. <laughs> good for Hopper Scotch. Oh, the time Chris scene is so good. Yeah, everyone does real good stuff in the general. Oh, it's, like, he's so, I love everyone that. Everyone is, the finale is a great oh, one-two so punch in uh, Crime and Courtship because it's everyone does super well. And then I, Kyle, do super well. <laughs> In the next round. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hallie, give me a roll. And then after this, uh, I figure we might go a little bit long with this segment because we got so many good questions. We'll do one more round of each of us rolling after Hallie. Okay. Uh, five. Five. All right. Number number five. Number five falls down to future plans. I honestly don't. All right. I'll do this one. All right. Do you want a question? Do you want me to do a silly one or one that will hurt you? Is that all, of us, all of us or hurt all one of... specific person? Because if it's you. not hurting me, then. Which, yeah. too, because that will affect everyone's votes. <laughs> That's true. Okay, I'm going to do the one that will hurt you. Um, oh. This one does reference spoilers. We will try not to talk about it, but it does have spoilers for the most recent episode. This one comes from Juniper. <laughs> and I know who it'll let, hurt. Let me just get oh, the... No. I think I know. Let me just... So the question from Juniper is, will Lakey, Lakey, and I think I spelled it wrong, uh, and Jessar ever come back? We don't don't fucking know, because if they do, it'll only be to break our hearts. It'll only be in a bad way. There's no no good way they can come back. Unless Kyle does some shenanigans with, like, what happens to the people absorbed because oh i don't think the two characters of lake a and jessar will come back uh primarily because uh without going into the spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the most recent episode they are very important for the sake of the story for the sake of thematics and for the sake of making prilema real they uh they made it real in a way that lore could not that being said, that really is their purpose, and bringing them back in the modern day in any serious context wouldn't make sense. They're not personal to Aegon, they're not personal to our heroes. I might do a quick, like, cameo during one sequence, if I remember, uh, but besides that, I have no intentions for them to come back. There is one scene related to Aegon where they could appear, but because of the way it's written, they will probably not be explicitly referenced by name. Um... So they might appear in a flashback at the very, very end. I can think of a scene in the final episode, but there's no guarantee just because out of a hundred hours of audio, they're half an hour of it. A very important half an hour, but just nothing really connected to the story. I just knew that would hurt everyone. So I brought them in. I'm, I'm not sorry. Ari, do you want to do your last roll? Yeah. It is another six. Another six. Let's take a look at our sixes. That little smile on Hallie's face. (laughs) It must be great. Uh, This one, I'm going to quickly hop over one that's super quick. Uh, The question here, will we ever get a true himbo? I hope so. Um, that's that question answered. <laughs> Do you know how long that that fucking tweet you sent me, Kyle, lived in my head? The the anime himbo one <laughs> playing on repeats. 
Um, all right, let's... You can learn let's... from their mistakes. You can even talk about politics on the internet. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of this one. I'll do this one. I, I think this one is really interesting. We have three questions from Jim. They're all very interesting questions. Um, three questions from Jim. Three questions from Dad. That's right, I'm calling you out on stream, Dad. This is your question. Um... And they're all real good, but this is the one I'm going to do. How do you come up with the story arcs? That's right. It's a me question. Aha. Um, story arcs. I have the, I had the general thing plotted out at the beginning. Quest Friends was supposed to be a six-session game based on Tom's The Strange, where we went to a new place and did a new thing each episode. So the general structure was literally based on that. I'm like, episode one, they're going to go to Turing Town. Episode two, they're going to save Mr. Mako. Uh, episode three, they're going to have a bit of tangent while Mako does something to get the Apocrita on his tail. They'll go to, like, I don't know, some, like, literally underground market. That's a cute idea. Uh, episode four, uh, session four, they will go to, it wasn't going to be key, it was going to be Bodrov. This It's a city that lives on top of a pillar. It's essentially the same as the Prodigious, but it's technically land-connected. Uh, episode five, Misha's arc, and then episode six finale. And then just each of those turned into arcs. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. From the beginning, I had it set up, and you're going to go here, and this is what's going to happen related to the Apocrita. They were all based on getting that Apocrita story moving, and then since then, what I've done is basically, um, I, from that point, just threw in character things. So Misha's arc, I was like, oh, well, Misha's arc number five, we'll resolve it then. You know, it's a bit of a slow burn. It's a whole four sessions, but we, that's fine. And then three, the underground market, I literally did not have a plan for that. So I was like, uh, let's, you know what? Let's throw Lorraine here. That's fun. She has no, she doesn't really fit in anywhere else. So let's just be like, oh, they go off, buy some stuff, and Lorraine is there. What a fun story. Uh, what a funny story, Mark. And um, then I basically built the city around what is a city Lorraine would thrive in. And that's how Rulettia came to be. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. Uh, Emily, do you, I, I feel like nobody else really had anything else for the arcs, um, story arcs that they wanted to bring up. All right, Emily, give me a roll. Four. Four. Okay, four. And uh, for everyone, if you want to look at the chat, if there's any questions you want to go over, let me know and we will touch on it. Um, let's do let's do this one because you rolled Emily. I think it'd be fun to give you this one. It's technically for all of us, but it is really an Emily question, which is: Have you given every any thought to what was Ellie's childhood like? Um, yes, and I started thinking about it when I on the fly decided that like. I wasn't, I didn't have really backstory for Ellie much, um, but as we went through her memory, I started thinking about what she was like, um, and it's just gremlin. <laughs> she was just a gremlin. Like, I have not thought about her parents, um, because I couldn't really figure it out, but... She was she I was like she was lost and raised by the Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> I feel like really your default Ellie child. From up when she was a kid, hair. Yeah, that's. Cool. I feel like your default child personality is is Gremlin. What what child? Because my default Emily... personality is Gremlin. 
let's let's just do more overlap. She was in what is it? The warehouse nuns. What was the nunnery called, Hallie? The nuns at Warefall. The nuns at Warefall from the Cookie yeah. Two. Oh yeah, the um, they had they had like an order name, but it was the Schwesters. I think Warefall was the yeah, yeah. the Schwesters. The, the Schwesters. Thank you, the Schwesters. Yes. Yeah, they used to be the nuns at Russell, but then Ellie drove them out <laughs> into the stead. That would happen. That feels legit. I'm sorry for just taking over. <laughs> Any other thoughts? That's all canon now, I guess. On Ellie's childhood or on... Well, I guess everyone else's childhood has been explored for better or for worse. Well, Chalks hasn't, but will be. It will be. Um, also, there's a question from Dream, blah, 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 Dream Witch in chat. How much does Sarah take after Ellie? So we talked about these arcs that ended up traumatizing us. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Sarah's. So I don't... No, let's a lot it, and not at all. Let's put it this way. You look at Sarah. If you looked at Sarah, you would think, yeah, that's Ray's kid. If you just listened to Sarah without seeing her, you would think, yeah, that's Ellie's kid. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Sarah really idealized Ellie and took a lot of lessons to heart. She was already down that road, but there's, there's a reason she is who she is. And that reason is Ellie Batch. Anastasia. Okay, yeah. Ironically, did not take after her mother. She took after Ray, I guess. She, she, yeah, she has a bond with her aunt Ray. She did not take after her mom. Her mom's Who just I a named, wine mom. Can't remember. Her mom will never come up. Her mom's just a wine mom. But she's yeah. a wine mom, and I love that. Okay. She's off exploring the world. I've got mine. I'm gonna do two questions, uh, super quick. Uh, they're both very tongue in cheek, but I find them very important questions to ask. First one. I don't see Quest Friends nominated in any of the categories in the Audioverse Awards yet. Why don't you talk about the awards and try to move us to action? Get that advertisement music playing again. <laughs> Audioverse Awards. They are audio awards, uh, specifically for audio fiction. Um, they have two categories. They have written and they have improvised. And they are, yeah, they're just an award ceremony. A big way of, like, basically people nominate and then people vote. Uh, nominees will go out and... It's just a big deal to get nominated. It's the kind of thing where if you get nominated, you get to say, even though in the end, most of it is, I don't want to say a popularity contest, but the bigger shows with more people to vote on them because they have a bigger influence are going to get more votes. But that being said, being nominated is a big deal. It gets you in the view of people who pay attention to and listen to and really care about podcasts. Not only listeners, but also um, other things too. No, this was not submitted by one of the cast. <laughs> this was submitted by Dark Helmet. Um, because the thing is, you only need three nominations to get in. And we could nominate ourselves. That is allowed in. But I really want, I want our show to end up there if our show deserves to be there. You only need three nominations per category, so if you think our show deserves to be uh, even considered for these things, or you just want people to know about it, you want people who know about you want people to know about Quest Friends, people who care about podcasts, who care about quality podcasts, who are going to watch that feed. This is an easy way of doing that. Um, I'm going to try the find. I'm going to find the Tumblr link that has your For the Consideration posts. If you want to nominate, you can nominate us as a show. You can nominate Mandy's phenomenal artwork. Uh, you can nominate, um, yeah, you can nominate uh, us as individuals as well. So if you're interested, if you want other people to know about the show, I would highly encourage you as a, this is a way to get it to a lot of people who you might not talk to otherwise. 
Uh, so we have our notes there. Just include the Pretty exclamation point in class friends. Again, you don't have to. It's entirely up to you. But um, I figure hearing it from me and hearing our reasons why we put a four-year consideration in the first place and why I myself am not just having the five of us nominate us because then we'd end up in because you just need three, uh, why we did that. And again, yeah, just do Hallie as Hop because you can't do as two people. I learned that. And an exclamation point in Quest Friends. And message, email us or contact us if you have any questions on any of the fields. But again, that was submitted by Dark Helmet. That was not submitted by me. I just saw an opportunity to shill and I took it. <laughs> the next question is similarly a just... It's not a question question, but it's a very important question, uh, even if it's not a classical one. This question comes from Juniper, and it is for Hallie. Dungeon your dragons. That's not a question. See, before, when, when we were asked, like, what are things that cause immediate laughter related to Quest Friends? I wanted to answer right away, but then I was like, but wait... <laughs> All the things I can think of aren't actually really quest friends. They're just <laughs> memes that we can bully Hallie and or Emily with. Like Spinch. Thank you, detective. <laughs> I did. Or Salad Raptor. Well, Salad it's Raptor, I was going good. to say, but then I was like, but that hasn't come out yet. It's, that's not going to come out for a long time. That's salad Raptor is nobody understands. We could explain the context, but all you need to know is that there are certain <laughs> words that when they come up, will just trigger a laughter response. Again, in Halley, there are three. Dungeon your dragons. Any version of Dungeons and Dragons that doesn't have the and. Even Dungeons and Dragons, honestly. Uh, there's conditioned her. something from a Let's Play, which is, Detective, why did you kill... Uh, no, Mr. Edgeworth, why did you kill that man? What did you... Thank you, Detective. I Thank did. you, Detective. I did it. Well, glad we got that figured out. And then Salad Raptor. For Emily, it's any of the misspelled we names. To, we so don't need to go into that. You got spinch, There's no oat meat, straw babies, <laughs> brogle, <laughs> broggly. <laughs> it just sets them off. How many times we're going through a recording setup to be like, okay, we got the right mic, everything set up. Are you recording? Blah blah blah. And then somebody be like, Dungeon Your Dragons, or Ari will be like, Thank it's you, Detective. I did <laughs> setting up a mic. Oh yeah, Ari and loves. I'm just. It's, it's usually me. I'm ruined. Like, there's a half hour gone. We just can't there's, even record. That's why there's one, minutes thirty minutes. More. There's one session that was fully. It was. It was gone. There was the whole there was session. No hope. For salvaging we it. were just we were just completely <laughs> checked out from the start. I think that was like the first, or like we were the just like a month in, into the into the quarantine or something, and so we were extremely just loopy. Yeah. It... <laughs> All right. B do the time zones can't come, but she's uh, but she says hi. Hi B. Hi B. Welcome yes. to this part of the this stream. VOD. Where you? Yeah. Hello. Welcome to the VOD, where you learn about as Jellyfish says in the chat, Dungeonings, Dungeonings dragons, Dungeonsing dragons, or the Dungeons of Dragons, Dungeons in Dragons. We're so far removed. Like I am Manfred Dungeons von Dragons. It's actually a really fun name. I might steal that. <laughs> you can't use it with the dragons. Von but like, dragons? I, I want to point out that oh, the, the actual video this came today. from isn't even that good. Like, no! like Vines that really dungeoned my dragons is a fun title that set Hallie off for the rest of her life. 
But the video itself is very boring, so, actually. It's only the title. It's that Dungeon My Dragons. <laughs> Allie, don't read the chat because I'm going to read it for it's you. It's too late. Dungeoning I Dragons. Have it pulled dungeons up, of like, Dragons. Dungeons Explode Dragons. Dungeons with Dragons. Dungeoneer the Dragoneer. Dungeon of Dragoon. Dragon your dungeons. Dungeoneer the Dragoneer. That sounds dope. I would watch that. What I love is that we say this and then Hallie just keeps like repeating and saying variations of it while, that, while laughing. Like Dungeons Dragons. <laughs> Wizard of the Coast. Wizards good. of the Coast was a mistake. That's all I have to say on the matter. Dungeons of the Dragons. I think you mean to say. I also love how Hallie disappears out of her screen. <laughs> Dungeon the Last Dragon. Like this. It was like a really tiny head. I've really been trying to get Hallie to play Horizon Zero Dawn. Maybe I should call it Dungeon Zero Dragon. (laughs) There are, in fact, zero dragons in that game. Dungeons hate dragons. It's so nice when we're on video or audio with Hallie because then you bully her instead of me. I, I mean, we bully. I can talk about more oatmeal if you want, Emily. I can talk about oatmeal for days. Talk about that spinach. Talk about that broggle. Oh wait, right, banch. Anyways, Rambo uh, Sprankles. Dungeons vs. Dragons, Dungeons <laughs> Jump Dragons. Let's dynamite dragons. <laughs> yeah, and Hallie will just disappear off camera, and you'll just hear her. Uh, all right, before it's Hallie nice dies, because I know the chat is going to keep going for like the next five minutes, Tom, why don't <laughs> you roll our penultimate, uh, our penultimate rolled question? Then we've got some non rolled <laughs> ones. Six. Six, 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 six. I got six. six. You got six. You need My face hurts. Oh, okay. So here are some future... I'm going to do another super quick one. Will Kubo ever be allowed to swear? <laughs> I don't know. I've given this question a lot of thought, Here's and I don't know. Here's the question you need to ask yourself. Kubo is already allowed to swear, but does he want to? I, I assume that if you ask Kubo to look for swear words or information about swear words i feel like he would do it in a very nonchalant like oh yeah these are some of the swear words that people commonly use but without like actually he did swearing nobody, uh. that's a good point don john your dracons <laughs> like it's right, anyways i'm gonna do one of the late questions <laughs> um <laughs> yeah let's do this one let's do um i think this is a fun one uh hallie this question what? is for you. No. What's what's the story behind what's the story behind Hallie's unique Twitter handle? Oh, so my Twitter handle is um, Khaleesi. It's K and then Hallie and then C, and that's because of the word Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. Except that I just put my name in the middle to make it a pun name, so it's Khaleesi. I considered changing it after the final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> But then I didn't because the pun is too good and like I share a birthday with Amelia Clark and otherwise oh, the stars just fall into place. So it's like Khaleesi and it's fun. I'm just waiting for like, the, there's been a lot of okay grandma memes I've seen around where it's like someone in the nursing home referencing a millennial specific meme. Um, yeah, everyone could see that request. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, everyone could see it like on the No, stream. not on stream. <laughs> no, no, yeah, on I'm the stream. Anyways, we're going to keep going while Emily steps away from her screen for a second. Um, but it's like referencing a millennial thing. And it's like, oh, no, uh, like grandma, like, you know, like sure enough, grandma, like, you know, oh, I got the chicken dinner and I, I was the winner winning chicken dinner. 
I'm just waiting for Hallie as like an 80 year old. My name, I, I'm the Khaleesi. I'm Khaleesi, mother of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> You've done it to sometimes yourself. That happens too. <laughs> Hallie sometimes brings the joke to herself. And she laughs harder. And just slays herself without any input. <laughs> Prison, you're no, she tells I Steelers Dragon is part of her title, and then I set myself off again. Hallie laughs there even harder goes. when it's herself. She laughs so hard at her own jokes. Yeah, that's why I said that Robert to her as much as it's her own joke. <laughs> Sometimes I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> we- I, I know that I made it in the world when Hallie's ghost goes all quiet. <laughs> I feel I think dragons have maybe been ruined as a concept for how Oh nobody can ever see dragons again. <laughs> Make me laugh. Go easy. <laughs> we couldn't even I don't think we could ever even do a dungeon crawl ever again after this point. Please don't make me. <laughs> well, it might be in your future. Dungeon in the shape of a dragon. What? Dungeons no, it can't be. <laughs> Dude, I can't do hey, it. Remember when Tom was going to There take... might be both a dungeon and a dragon in your no! future. In yeah, the dragon. Remember that time we were going to do the Puff the Magic Dragon dungeon? Well, it wasn't that wasn't a dungeon, mind you. That was just I a dragon. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> like I literally can't. I know what I have to do. I just don't know if I'm strong enough From to the do Greater it. Vespari, the dragons have been thoroughly dungeoned. <laughs> This is the perfect this Sad cowboy man, I have dragoned, I have dungeoned all of the dragons in this vicinity. Would you like me to check the next location? Yeah, I guess. You, I think you could argue that that's what Hop did down in the hold of the prodigious. Oh no, he dungeoned a dragon! He did because he trapped it by using cars! <laughs> Someone clip that. You know what, I will. I'll, I'll be the change I want to see in the world. Thank you, Tom. See, I keep pushing for questions normally, but this is just too good. Like, just let it go. Anyways, Hallie, you're, before we get into, like, the final set of questions, you're the last person who needs to dungeon a dragon, so could you please do that? You saw me drink water. Why did you do that? Why would you drink water? I saw you drink water. Because I'm dehydrated. Because I'm laughing too hard. I got a four. You got a four? All right. I got a four. So our last question will uh, our last question before we get to the final one is going to be um from let me take a look here super quick to make sure I got the right one. Oh uh, yeah, I think this is gonna be the last one. Uh the last one before we get to the final one. So we got some final questions about the future of the show. So let's talk about this one. If you could go and replay some of the first sessions. How would you play your character differently? I was hoping you uh, you asked this one. I didn't know where it was, but I read it and I was like, oh. Um, well, I would, for one, use the actual voice because it hurts when you put clips of the past things on these new episodes and it's like, ooh, I did not have a Misha voice. Mm, so I would play different in that way. But also I think... I think I had a different idea that I ended up dropping for where I wanted the backstory to go, and I like how it ended up now. So I would have played a little bit differently with that in mind and be a little bit less angsty. I don't know. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. So that's my. How about everybody else? 
I feel like it's really hard for me because shock also changed pretty drastically over the course of the game, but I'm not sure. I don't know that I can really like go back and redo that because so much of what shock is now built upon how I played him mm-hmm. originally. And he just changed gradually over time that like, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't match up right. Some of the ways he acts now and things he says wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily feel right in that earlier shock. Um, I'm very distracted by Charlie in his little pajamas. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, like my my voice for him would definitely be a little bit different because of how I tend to play him now. But I I think it would be very difficult to play uh, early shock again, which I guess I'll have to do for the memory episode. <laughs> uh, I've played myself. Yeah, there have been this times. This is why where... you just make a completely different uh, that, thing. That for is actually birth. that is actually the way to do it. Yeah, just make them baby. I um. I'll hop the mine. Mine would be the face my camera, the, my face my microphone the right way. That's what I would do. Um, but I'm not even joking. I've considered going back a few times and re-editing the first episode because I don't. It's not a great look for like we've got a lot of. Fun, it's not a great look for a new show. It starts the same way as every other show. It's got bad audio. It's got barely any editing. It's just not the best introduction to the show. Um, But there's a spark and there's an energy there that we couldn't recreate. So it's very difficult for me to edit. And it's also not really possible for that to get replayed. Even if we had the right character voices, we could not get that energy again. Um, Which Tom's answer just made me think about that one. Uh, Hallie's dying thanks to the chat. So Emily, how about you? How would you have played your character different while (laughs) while Hallie tries to compose herself? I would have been less nervous <laughs> that was my biggest downfall was just <laughs> i'm watching hallie um <laughs> nobody look at me yeah i would i would have been less nervous because i think things would have gone more smoothly and i could have actually been more comfortable playing ellie earlier on whereas i didn't get comfortable with her for a long time Mr. Scotch. Besides not mansplaining, um... First one. <laughs> my first one was I wouldn't mansplain Sue. Because the thing about that time Man. is that I, as Hallie, got so excited to be able to say, I'm an accountant, that, like, my accountant backstory, <laughs> the only part of my backstory was relevant, that I just that I just overloaded the <laughs> mansplain, and it was my it was my fault. I can explain um, how money works. It's like... I also look like the ma'am right before it. Ma'am, I'm an accountant. <laughs> He's so polite. Um, <laughs> I agree with what everybody else has been saying. And that I don't know that I would play him in spirit necessarily differently. But I think every single session, there's a line that I say that I'm like, why did I phrase it like that? What if I did it this way? It would have been so much cleaner, so much more impactful, so much more like hop. Like they were especially during um, crime and courtship, there were a lot of like moments where an hour after we finished recording, I was like, oh, why didn't I say this? Missed opportunity, which like we all have from time to time. So I think there are a lot of specific lines I would re-record as Hopper Scotch. Um, I don't have a list in my brain right now, but I'm sure I could think of some if I just spend a lot of time stewing in anxiety about it. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. Just replace any <laughs> every line you would have done with Dungeons or Dragons. <laughs> Unchecked cruelty. It's a genuine idea. Unnecessary. It's like how people bite a lemon to shock them out of anxiety. Just do that with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> anyway. Go back. Ask a new question. 
So <laughs> we've gone through the list. We've got about 15 questions left. Uh, I'm going to go throw Hallie under the bus here because she runs our Tumblr. Um, and I'm just going to say that, yeah, we'll answer the rest of them. This is a celebration. Yeah, this is our three-year anniversary, which actually we... happened to fall in the day. So for the next month, about every other day on our Tumblr, we'll release an answer to one of these questions. Um, basically just from now through the end of October, spending that month dropping down answers to the questions. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, as the Tumblr person, um, I'm going to say if you have an ask currently in the Tumblr, if we ever don't get to your ask within like a week or so, it's because there's like an episode coming out that's relevant to the ask or something of that nature. And that's why sometimes it takes a while. I don't want every. I have a very um, love-hate relationship with Tumblr that's mostly hate. Tumblr has burned me in the past um, where I will try to answer something and it won't save. So sometimes it takes a little bit to schedule all those asks, but we do read them. We love getting asks, so keep sending them in. And if they take a while, it's either because I'm being bad at my job or because we have a specific time that we have planned to release that one. Yeah. So that's all I want to say about the Tumblr. And if at any point during your um, during the stream you thought of questions that you want to ask, throw them in that ask thing. Um, I don't know if we'll, it'll be part of the ones we get done in the month, but that's where all future questions go. Anything from really deep questions about, you know, how we would replay something differently to will we have a himbo? Which again, the answer is... I hope so. Absolutely anything and everything. Throw it in that uh, in that chat. Um, what about those who aren't on anything like Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, etc.? Uh, Tumblr, I believe. I think you can ask that anonymously. I don't know if you need an account. You can. For it. You can ask anonymously um, on Tumblr. Yeah, so you, you can, can ask anonymously on Tumblr. You can also reach out um, to me. Uh, reach out to me. Uh, no, you can reach out using our contact us page if you ever want to reach out or ask us anything. Um, you can put that there. And if you're not, if you're on Tumblr, again, do it as a, as a Tumblr question. But if you ever want to reach out, we have a contact us page. We love to hear from folks. Uh, sometimes I struggle to get back like immediately, immediately, but we'll do it. Um, Dang in your rompas. <laughs> there are so many. Really you need to chat. stop reading the chat. I feel like you just came up with that one. And no, no, it's the I chat the, the is chat just is on fire. Exploding oh. with so many good <laughs> like, ones. Oobly at your wyverns. <laughs> Yeah, prison your lizards. I think was my favorite overall. But dang in your rompas. Dang just in your rompas. Just so thematic too. Considering <laughs> what's coming next. <laughs> so yeah. The um. Anyways, it's been three years. Thank you so much for your support in these three years. Uh, we have seen the show really rise from. 50 listens in an entire month to 500 per episode and about 3,000 a month. So it's been substantial growth. Uh, I really appreciate having everyone here. This is the most active we've ever had a chat in one of these yearly things. And it's, I have not been able to keep up with it, which is a strange feeling for me. And it's, it's really exciting. This, I have one last set of questions I want to do before we switch to Among Us. Uh, and that's talking about the future because this time next year we'll be done with campaign number one. So, uh, the questions, we had a few like these, uh, but are there any campaign 2 or 1.5, the in-between seasons campaign details that can be shared? Yes. So, this month, not this month, October, we're going to film the, we're going to record the final episode of One Neon Night. There's a debrief episode every arc, we have one. The next month, because only Tom ha and I have to schedule an episode, so everyone is more free, 
Uh, we were going to, for Emily and I, my wedding, get to a nice diner and do this. Now we might make food. I don't know what we're going to do. But we're going to have a Zoom chat where we sit down and we talk about a few things. One, we're going to solidify for sure, for sure, that we want to do a second campaign. Everyone here, I think, is on board with it. They've been pretty vocal about it, but that'll be the final yes. We're then going to sit down and we're going to talk about what we want to do. We've had a bunch of ideas. Uh, I have big thematic things I want to explore. I know who the main villains are. I know what the main arc is going to be. The main idea is going to be. Um, if this campaign is all about the importance of moving on and letting things, people, ideas, relationships die, uh, the next one is going to be, well, what does it mean to live? Where does that line, and specifically, where does that line between player and character, where's the division point there? Exploring that kind of fun stuff. So I know that, but I don't know what genre it is. I don't know what system it is. I don't know anything else. I don't even know the structure. I want to do more episodic, but we might not. That's going to be our November conversation. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about this season. What did everybody like? I'm going to present some ideas I had, see what people are into. And then after that, we're going to run some internal games to test out whatever system we choose and whatever one we roll with. We'll likely choose a system that, unlike Numenera, has less of an established world and established rules for me to ignore. Um, because... Uh, I don't. I want to actually have the show be a representation of the system. And Newman, our game isn't. We're off-brand Numenera. We're off-brand Cipher System. And I really want to have a game where we are the system representative of the system we're doing. Uh, in between that, we've got a whole bunch of. Uh, we'll probably have a six-month break. I've got a few ideas for the mid-season, which I've said to everyone. But until we have that November conversation, I don't want to say anything for sure. All I will say is that in the past, we said it's going to be a mini-series run by Tom uh, in a pirate setting. That probably won't be the case. I think we found something that's even more exciting. Yeah, uh, I I feel bad not doing that, but we we will have better things in yeah. place of it. So we'll have a we'll have a good break. the The show is likely campaign one will likely end around July if I keep my schedule, which I never keep my schedule. But I'm gonna say it's gonna end in July. Or June or something like that. And that will be about a six month break as we uh, gear up and I really get going on campaign two. And then we will have another campaign and it'll be different, but I think it'll be, it'll be just as big as this one. It won't be like Taz balance and Taz amnesty where the tone just shifts. We'll be a different setting. There might be a bunch of different changes to the format, but we know who we are. We know the kinds of stories we like to tell and we're going to tell the same kind of story the, the same way we did. It won't be the same, that's a bad phrasing, it won't be the same story, it will be, it will be very different from campaign one, but it'll still be something that only quest friends can make. Any other final thoughts before we, uh, we take our break and we come back to murders in space? <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for joining us for this. I'm going to set on a timer for about 15 minutes. When we come back, we are going to be playing Among Us. If you've no. been online at all, you know what it is. Um, but I'll explain it when we get there. All you need to know is that we are going to be in space. We are going to be trying to fix a spaceship. But some of us, including some guests from some other podcasts, may secretly be murderers. Uh, and I, it will become, you will be playing from my point of view with me, chat. You will be helping me solve or commit crimes but also, every game I will play is a different Quest Friends character that the, the uh, other players will not know about until we first meet. And you're going to help me figure out who it is oh, each time. Right. So you want Lorraine voice? You want Vespari? Voice. You want to bring back, like, Shauna? You want Cubo to murder people? <laughs> we can make it happen. Could this be the only time where Cubo swears? <laughs> 
Oh my god. He asked for it. We answering this tonight. Here it is. I might this would be a context I'd let Cubo swear. Um so yeah. We'll uh we'll be back in about fifteen minutes uh for that. This will be up probably on Monday. See more questions on our Tumblr. And we will talk to all of you on Monday. I gotta do this. I gotta do the thing. On Monday, October 5th. We'll see you then. Now I gotta put on the timer. We, we still have to finish. I am going to do it.